Welcome to the S-Files, sponsored by Serve Wisconsin, Wisconsin's National Kidney Service Board. I'm your host, Kyle Flower, Communications and Government Affairs Officer for Serve Wisconsin. S-Files is your look into the impacts and stories of AmeriCorps members and volunteers serving throughout the state of Wisconsin. Each episode, we'll be digging into their service stories, or S-Files, to learn about the people and programs whose service is meeting critical needs across Wisconsin and enriching the lives of the people and communities they serve. In this episode, we are speaking with Julie Wilson, who is serving this year with Marshfield Clinic Health System AmeriCorps Recovery Corps at the YMCA of the Chippewa Valley in Eau Claire. Julie, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Kyle. Glad to be here. Julie, could you start off by telling us a little bit about your AmeriCorps service this year with Marshall Clinic's Recovery Corps program? Absolutely. So just to give you a little bit of background, I came to the YMCA last January and asked if they would consider me being an intern, a communication intern at the Y. And they said, well, that sounds interesting after I posed my idea for this program for women in early recovery. And through the process of being an intern at the Y through that spring semester, I developed a program called Sober Strong. And part of Sober Strong was to provide recovery coaching or mentoring to the women in the program. And we found that AmeriCorps, Recovery Corps, had a program that could be hosted at the YMCA. So that's kind of how it all came together. I went through the training and process with AmeriCorps, Recovery Corps, to be a recovery coach. And then we folded that into my program, Silver Strong, held at the YMCA. That's wonderful. That's such a great way of having these pieces come together. Absolutely. It's been really exciting to design, implement, and then actually launch the whole program along with AmeriCorps. I've felt supported through the whole process. I've felt encouragement from my Recovery Corps peers as well as the you know staff that's there to support me. It's just been wonderful. So it's been a learning process for sure, but I've really found great purpose in it. That's wonderful. And so looking at your service, what does the day-to-day aspect of your service look like? Well, let me first tell you a little bit about Sober Strong, and then that kind of explains what my day-to-day looks like. So Sober Strong is a program designed for women in early recovery from substance use disorder. I provide a recovery support meeting on Tuesday mornings, a group exercise class on Friday mornings recovery coaching through my recovery core service position by appointment. And then I've also created an athletic clothing closet where women can come and shop for appropriate athletic clothing to participate in the group exercise class. So my day-to-day looks like leading and providing these classes and groups, but also it's a referral-based program. So I'm accepting referrals from Eau Claire Silver Living. There's two Silver Living houses through Eau Claire Silver Living here in Eau Claire. I have accepted uh, referrals from the Comprehensive Community Service, which is a wraparound service through the Department of Human Services. I have gotten referrals through Renewed Strength, 
which is a wraparound service through Lutheran Social Services. Some of my participants come from alternative court treatment programs. And there's also one other sober living house called the Rick House in Eau Claire. So a variety of women coming from various organizations and programs that are assisting them with recovery. So I do intakes. When I receive a referral, I do an intake. And the women who participate in Sober Strong receive a free three-month membership to the Y, which is an open membership. They can use that membership however they would like, not just with Sober Strong. So Sober Strong is meant to help initiate their involvement at the YMCA, show them what is available to them. And then I have one-on-one recovery coaching during the week and help provide resources and support as they navigate early recovery. And then the clothing closet. That's wonderful. And so during the week, you said you have those different meetings. You kind of walk us through the process of what those look like each week. Absolutely. So Tuesday mornings at nine o'clock, we have a support meeting and it varies anywhere between a couple participants to last Tuesday, we had nine women at the meeting and we talk about anything that is pertinent to recovery, whether it's relationships, child care, custody, whether they're finding recovery meetings outside of this support meeting. We talked about Christmas recently and what that looks like for various participants, some of them being at home, some of them not being at home. We talk about triggers and relapse prevention. So it's an hour meeting and I provide beverages and snacks and some of the women find it beneficial to do art while we're meeting. I have found that art therapy is really helpful in processing various stressful topics or triggering topics. We just open the meeting with a reading, and then we pick a topic to talk about, go around the room, everybody shares, and then we have a closing reading at the end and close the meeting. So the Friday group exercise class, now I've never really done anything like this before in my life. I'll be totally transparent and honest about this. This has been a journey for me as well. But I have designed and created each class. I create a routine. We do that four weeks. And then I create a new routine. We do some light stretching. Then we do some aerobic exercise. We do balance, stretching at the end, some yoga. And then we finish with a short meditation period at the very end. It is meant to introduce participants to various ways of exercise and movement and meditation to improve post-acute withdrawal symptoms and heal trauma. So that, again, is about 50 minutes long, and it's just been really, really great. I just can't say enough about it. (laughs) That's wonderful. And so how are you determining what things you want to include in the different activities and routines each month? So I am a person with lived experience in recovery. I'm recovering myself. I just celebrated three years of recovery. And that is recovery from 
substance use disorder, an eating disorder, and complex trauma. And I got sober during COVID. And for me, that was really comfortable for quite a long time. I was safe in my own home and I was kind of sheltered and kind of got sober in a little bit of a bubble, so to speak. And when things started opening up, I knew that I needed to get out and be around other people, especially other recovering people. But I also knew that I needed to exercise and I needed to do something with my body, you know, do some movement, expend some of that energy that I had. And I'd been a member of the Y on and off for a very long time. And so I went to the Y about two years ago, and I'm like, I'm going to go to group exercise, not ever really having been a group exercise person. I'd always been kind of a solo exerciser, a runner, you know, which is mostly a solo adventure, you know, like I go running on my own or I'd go to the gym and I just work out by myself and just do my own thing. Never really having done group exercise. So I went to group exercise and I just, I was like, this is it. This is what I've been missing. This is just, I mean, I can't even hardly put it into words. And I went to group exercise consistently for a year and a half. And then that's when the idea came together. If somebody had been at the Y saying, Julie, come to group exercise. This is going to create immense healing and connection and building a community that you would never have imagined. And I'm like, well, that person wasn't there. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be that person for other women in recovery and bring them to the Y and show them what this is all about. So just having attended various group exercise classes, I was like, yes, this works. This is kind of maybe not. And so I picked through different routines and learned what was beneficial to me and went from there. And that's kind of how I did it. I was mentored without actually asking somebody to mentor me. That's fantastic. You're able to provide that support that would have been so useful for yourself in your own recovery journey. Yep. And then congrats on that three-year landmark. Thank you. I can only imagine that challenge of when you're coming out of COVID and there was that reintroduction of everyone coming back and finding the challenges you'd encounter. Part of addiction is being isolated. Addiction isolates us. And I got really comfortable in that isolation during COVID, kind of like I was saying. And so to go to group exercise really stretched me. Um, really took a lot of courage to just walk into that room that first time. And and until I got comfortable, it took me about six months to get comfortable. But in that time, I started to meet people. People started to meet me. I started telling my story. People would tell me their life story. And pretty soon before I knew it, I had a group of friends who cared about whether I was there or not. And I cared about whether they were there or not. And it was just this miraculous coming into a community that I never even had prepared to develop. And so that's what I want the women in Sober Strong to experience. Because they're coming from different organizations and different areas in Eau Claire. They're not all from sober living. They're not all living together. 
And so otherwise they would not necessarily cross paths. And so I want them to be able to come together and get to know each other and share their life and their experiences in a healthy, positive way so that they can experience what I experienced. At least I hope that they do. That's wonderful to be able to try to provide through your service that sense of community for folks that you found so very supportive, so beneficial, and to now be able to, through your service, help provide that for others and help them build that sense of community as well. Yes, yes. And then outside of those different sessions that you're leading each week, I know you said a big chunk of what you're doing is serving as a recovery coach. So could you explain to folks what you're doing through that role? Yes. So I do that on an appointment type basis. So the women are coming in to my office. I have an office at the YMCA and we talk about what the barriers are to recovery. So is there a housing issue? Is there a food issue? Some of the basics, you know, are you safe? Are you housed? Are you fed? You know, some of those basics because Without those, how can we build a foundation for recovery? We need to feel safe and we need to, you know, eat. And so those basic things. Then we expand upon, do you want to go to school? Are you employed? If you have children, how is that going? Some of the women have CPS in their lives. You know, they're working with Child Protective Services where they're maybe have visitation, or maybe they're transitioning into having placement again. And so what's that going to look like? Or if they're living in sober living, how are they navigating, you know, that type of environment with other women who are also in early recovery? You know, uh, we talk about boundaries. So I'm providing resources I'm providing mentorship just with my own experience. I'm also using the training that I received through CCAR training as a Recovery Corps member. And so just really helping them navigate what it's like to build a foundation and a life, you know, that's worth living. And as a woman, you know, I know that we come into recovery with a lot of issues other than just the alcohol and drugs. So my hope is that through my personal experience, as well as my training, is that I can help them see that it's not just about, you know, abstinence, that we need to work on all different kinds of issues, or, you know, areas. And I try to be solution based, you know, how can we best go about solving this? Not so much talk therapy because I'm not there as their therapist, but I'm there to look and help them find solutions to any of the issues that they may be looking at at the moment. That's great that it's a much more holistic approach than just the the abstinence piece. It's looking at all those other factors that can impact sobriety. Absolutely. Because I found in my life that I never realized that it was more than just, I thought that if I just quit drinking, And if I just go to some meetings, then everything's going to be all right, you know, and then I found out, well, that doesn't work for me. And so I've really had to dissect what exactly I need to address in my life. And I found out it's everything. It's everything. So really navigating and learning how to 
live life as a recovering individual and navigate all the different parts of my life as a recovering individual and what that looks like and and learning how to ask for help. And so one of my one of my hopes is that I'm teaching these women to ask for help, advocate for themselves and not be afraid to do that because that is one of the biggest barriers I think is just that ability to ask for help and to be, you know, honest. Hey, this is what's going on and it makes me feel ashamed or or I just feel alone in this and I'm just really open and honest with the women and share my own experience so that they don't feel like they're alone in that. That's wonderful and I really appreciate you talking about that role of helping them be able to advocate for themselves and build up that piece and understanding all those pieces. Because if you're not advocating for yourself, it can become a real challenge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, one of my biggest barriers that I've really worked through is always acting and looking as if everything's just fine, because that was a protective mechanism. And so when I'm able to share with the women what that looks like in my life now, not using that, you know, protective mechanism, I feel like they are better able to do the same with me and the same in group. And I've witnessed it already in action. So it's really encouraging. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then you were talking about a little bit ago, the training you went through as part of becoming a recovery coach with Recovery Corps. Could you give us a little bit about the CCAR training you did? It was good because we often broke into smaller groups to practice the different ways of communicating and talking through an issue or how to bring up an issue or just different ethics that we're bound by. I know it's a pretty intensive training that you go through, so there's a lot of aspects to it. It's a really intensive training. It was really personal. I'll be honest with you. Some of it was difficult for me to get through because it kind of touched some really deep core things that I'm still working through myself. But what it was, was a great way to identify those, you know, triggers in me and to know that, oh, this is something I'm going to have to be careful with. This is a boundary. So we talked a lot about boundaries. We talked a lot about ethics, like I said, and just doing a lot of role playing, which I found really beneficial. So after the training, I felt better prepared to be in a professional role rather than just a personal role, if that makes sense. It completely does because it goes beyond being able to share your own experience into having the skills to, when you're sharing that experience and working with folks, how do you know how to respond to different situations or how to help guide them or where the areas are to work with? And it gives you that foundation to move forward with. It did. And it provided a language in which I use quite often. Like I'll think about saying something and I'll be like, nope, words matter. And I need to like rephrase this, like when I'm writing an email or when maybe I'm texting a client or, or just on the telephone, I'll be like, no, I need to rephrase that. This is, I need to come at this more professional because words matter, especially in recovery. Words matter. Words are shaming. 
And so it really, it helped provide a language in which I can move forward in a, you know, a beneficial way to not only the client, but also myself. That's wonderful. And then Julie, you'd mentioned that part of the decision to serve with AmeriCorps was because of finding the program itself, but how did you decide to serve for the year with Marshall Clinic's Recovery Corps program? Well, it's a funny thing. I don't normally watch the news just because it's hard for me to watch some of the news sometimes. And one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch the news. <laughs> I turned the local news on and I, there was an AmeriCorps Recovery Corps member being interviewed by our local news as she was going to start serving in our local area, in the, in the Chippewa Falls area, I believe it was, as a Recovery Corps member through Marshfield Health System. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. That's exactly what I want to do. That is exactly what needs to be in Sober Strong. Oh my goodness. And so then I went to my intern supervisor at the YMCA and she's like, oh yeah, I've heard about that too. And so from there, we found out how to apply and, and what it involved. And I was just like, I was gung-ho from the get-go. I was like, yep, this is exactly what we want to do. This is what I want to do. And it's been just, it's been great ever since. That's fantastic. And it's always so funny in a way, but it's not the right word, but it's always so interesting how a thing like that, where you weren't going to do something one day, and then it can become something that leads down a path that can be really amazing. Really amazing. And everywhere, you know, it's really interesting too now that, you know, I go out in the community once in a while and speak about my own personal experiences, but also about what I'm doing now. And people will come up to me later and they'll be like, oh, my son was an AmeriCorps member or I was an AmeriCorps member. And all these different people in the community have I've met through being an AmeriCorps service member. So it's been really a great way to network and meet people in the community and build that community connection. That's wonderful. And I know that the Recovery Corps team is spread throughout a big chunk of the state. And so do you do many meetings with them? We have a biweekly meeting that all of the Recovery Corps members meet virtually since we are so spread out. So I see many of them every two weeks on Monday, and then we have a monthly recovery core meeting virtually as well. So it's, we stay pretty well connected. We're doing a midterm training at the Wisconsin Dells in February, and a bunch of us are carpooling together. So that will actually be the first time I get to meet some of the other recovery core members face-to-face. But one of them is the woman that I saw on the news being interviewed. So that's kind of fun. That'll be really interesting to meet her face to face and tell her, hey, you know what? You're the one that inspired me to do this. So That is so cool. That's such a cool story. Yeah. And then looking at your service so far this year, what have been some favorite memories or some stories you could highlight about your service for us? I just did my quarterly one reporting. I mean, this kind of sounds nerdy, but (laughs) I'm going to go with it anyway. So I did my quarterly one reporting. And as I was filling out my Excel spreadsheet and looking at, you know, the different data, I could see how it went from one participant up to 21 women involved in the program. 
and how many times they had participated. And it was just so gratifying to see this thing grow in front of my eyes and just become something out of just a thought in my head one day, hey, wouldn't this be cool? And it's not even a year later, and it's already what it is. So that was a pretty great revelation when I was doing that. I think another thing is that I was just out in the community talking to somebody and they said, hey, are you that person that does Sober Strong? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And she said, a friend of mine told me that she's involved in that and how great it is. And she went out and started telling me all these different things that this woman had told her. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm making an impact. This is just tremendous. So yeah, a couple great memories. That's so fantastic to be able to see and hear about and feel that impact and see the numbers of this is really taking off. This idea that I had is really growing and making a difference for folks. Yes, it's great. And then looking ahead toward the rest of your service, you said you were kind of at that mid-year point. So are there things you're looking forward to over the rest of the service year? One, I would like to create a volunteer day for some of the participants. I'm not sure quite. It's still in development, whether we volunteer at the homeless shelter or perhaps we have a community table so that serves meals do some type of a volunteer activity. I'd also like to perhaps do a recovery fair of some sort, kind of an educational resource type fair, whether that's at the YMCA for members or whether that's out in the community for the community at large, something like that. I'm looking forward to the midterm training at the Wisconsin Dells. And I graduate from college in May. I'm a senior this year. I go to the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater remotely, and I'm graduating in May. So as of May 11th, all all of a sudden, for my last like three months of AmeriCorps, I'm going to have a whole lot of time (laughs) available. And so I'm trying to come up with some things right now to do in that last three months that would make some big impact because I'm going to have some time on my hands to, you know, develop something for that time and my service year with a bang, so to speak. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on getting the degree this spring. Oh, thank you. That's wonderful. And then just talked about you're going to graduate in May and then trying to really end the service with a bang over the summer. So do you have any ideas or plans for what you want to do after your AmeriCorps service this year? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I will continue and do another year. It really depends. I said that I was going to take a year off and explore and figure out before I go to graduate school, but I might just go to graduate school in the fall and just keep going. I'm not sure yet. That'd be wonderful. What would you be going to graduate school for? My degree is corporate and health communication, and I would continue in that same vein for communication. I'm really leaning towards advocacy and public relations. And as my true interest is how health, the ability to access health care and health literacy affects women in recovery from substance use disorder. So something along that line, not sure yet. It's still 
still m- milling up there. <laughs> that is still months away too, but it, it's a, it's a great to have the opportunity to go do that or take another year and continue and serve and then go do that. Either one could be fantastic. So I could tell how passionate you were about it. I am. I'm really passionate about it. So one of the biggest barriers for women, especially, but for all people in recovery is housing. And so somewhere along the line, sooner rather than later, that is kind of like my next venture because women who are coming out of the sober living houses are having a really hard time finding safe, affordable, permanent housing. So they're coming out of sober living. They have six months to a year of recovery, maybe sometimes more, and they can't rent an apartment because they have a barrier of maybe they don't have a rental history because they were married or lived with their boyfriend or lived with their parents or whatever that might be, or their credit history isn't the best, or they haven't been working at their job long enough, or, you know, just for a normal person in today's society, it's hard to rent an apartment because there's so many, you know, requirements. So one of my next ventures is to get involved with helping women find safe, affordable housing coming out of sober living and post-incarceration. That's wonderful. And that's a huge need. Housing is such a challenge. We talk about all the systemic pieces to it, just all the regular process pieces that everyone is facing. And then if you have additional challenges or struggle, like anything else that is in the way. Right. And so also it ties into women who are trying to get their children back. Well, they're in sober living. They've created a foundation of recovery. They're doing really well. They're working. They're, you know, doing things to sustain their recovery. They're ready to have their children back. They need a house or an apartment to do that. And they can't get an apartment. And so then they're stuck in this ambiguity. They're just, yeah, it's really, it's really tough to watch. And it's, yeah, I want to be part of the solution. That'd be great. Thank you. That is, it's a, it's a real challenge out there. Yes, it is. Julie, I just want to say thank you so much for okay. your AmeriCorps service this year with Marshall Clinic's Recovery Corps program and for sharing about all the amazing work you're doing with the Sober Strong program. Thank you, Kyle. It's been just, it's been a pleasure. I've had a great time doing this. Thank you. Well, thank you again. And then good luck with the rest of your service this year. And congrats on the upcoming graduation and then figuring out all of the next steps following it. Thank you, Kyle. And thank you again to Julie for sharing about her AmeriCorps service with Marshall Clinic's Recovery Corps program at the YMCA of Chippewa Valley in Eau Claire and giving us another story we can file under service. Thank you for tuning in to the S-Files podcast, produced by Serve Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kyle Clower, and as always, a big thank you to everyone that serves here in Wisconsin. Remember, the S and S-File stands for service, and you are the reason we have so many great stories to highlight. Tune in next time for another page pulled from the S-Files.